in that part of my, my life, I didn't know what God was doing. I had no idea. I had no clue. I just thought, I'm just doing my job. For, forward 2009, when she was flying out in May, and I didn't know. We had to surrender. We've been together for nine months, and now it's time for her to fly back home. She taught me to pray through St. Joseph. I should say this to you. In my country, sometimes the world, the, the information we are fed is that America, you know, that there's nobody who prays. And Katie comes and she's saying, let's pray the litany of St. Joseph. Amazing. Amazing. St. Joseph. Let's pray the rosary. Amazing. God is working. So when she flew back uh, in 2009, everything changed. Because what are we going to do now? It's miles and miles and miles. And that time I had graduated college. I was working at a local teach as a local teacher. <laughs> Jesus, you're so amazing. I am going to tell these people my plan before you changed my life. So this is, Jesus knows this because he's changed my life. <laughs> my plan was, had I not met Katie, had, the Lord had not brought Katie to my life. This was my little plan. I was planning, you know, go to college, maybe graduate, uh, then just spend some time in the local village, teach in a local village school, get married, had about, and be blessed with about seven or eight kids or ten kids. You know. My grandfather had 14 children, okay? I'm not planning to compete with him, okay? <laughs> my grandfather. We are seven. But that was my plan, you know, finish school, get married locally. When my plan was this small, local, God's plan was big and international. All I had to do is to open my heart to his plan and say yes to that plan. Even though it was difficult and hard, so when Katie flew here, she said, once I go, I will invite you so that you can come for Christmas. And I said, I would love to come for Christmas in the America. And she said, you can come and see Santa who brings gifts. And I said, Santa? Santa lives in America? I am ready to come see Santa. I was like getting excited now. Santa? And she said, not only that, snow. I was like, oh, snow. I love, I would love to see snow. Because in my country, Kenya is right on the equator. You know, equal, equal days, nights. We don't have time changes. Like, time, like spring forward and fall back. We don't have that kind of thing. So when I was came here and somebody was saying fall back and spring forward, I was like, where are we, where are we going? Where are we falling back to? You know? <laughs> so I was getting excited to come here to see snow and Santa and just celebrate Christmas with her family. So... God's timing is not our own timing. So I prepared myself to go to the interview. I was reading a lot of materials. So she invited me. I went to the embassy for the interview. So I went to the interview. And I said, you know, I, I just want to visit my girlfriend and her family just to have a good time in Christmas. So after conversation, I did not get the visa. So the visa was denied. So I was Katie and I said, sorry, I can't come because, you know, the visa was denied. It was not his timing, and he knew that even before he, he created me. 
So Kerry said, don't worry. We'll try again in the summer. So that you can come here and go to the beach. And I said, yeah. I would love to come go to the beach. I hear people go to the beach without shoes. <laughs> yeah, and she said, yeah, that's how we relax here. She had found our way of relaxing back home was obviously, you know, laying under the shade, under the trees, just looking at the birds, just sleeping under trees and just having a good time. But I wanted to come go to the beach. How many of you love the beach here? I think I have five. Oh, all, wow, almost everybody loves the beach. I, this, this, Father, this is, a, this is an awesome place to be. <laughs> I, I am home. <laughs> but I love the mountains too. And I'm getting used to loving the beach. So I applied for the visa again. And I went to the interview. And I went to the guy. And the guy looks at me and says, No, you can't go. <sighs> okay, for a second time, I can't go to America. That time I was crying and I called my mom and I said, I can't go. And I remember I had asked my parents and, my, and her family to contribute, to fundraise for me so that I can go to the interview and also to prepare for my ticket because I'm going to America. But I didn't. He said, John, it's not your time for you to go. My friends, it was not easy. So Katie and I talked and she said, maybe we can see other people. I said, oh, that was our plan. His plan was different. And I said, maybe. So, and I remember talking to some, some ladies, but here's a, here was a problem. Every time I would go to talk to them, I would tell them about Katie and how amazing she is. You know what I'm saying? You know, call a, a date. Let's call it a date. But instead of talking about other things, I'm saying about Katie. And I remember one young woman saying to me, John, you're blind. You cannot see what you have here. And I said, yeah, I'm not only blind, I'm distance. I am, this is what you call long distance. And we prayed. And Katie said, and my mom too, and my uncle, those three people, pray. Ask our lady to intervene. Ask Jesus to make a way where there seems to be no way. And we did. And finally, Katie decided to come to where she, she was teaching postulants in Kenya uh, through the Salesians. And she was teaching them the period she was there for like nine months. So she decided to come to see some of them. And while she was there, she said to me, uh, I, might, I will see you for a couple days before I come back. And I thought to myself, well, I'm the second place. Sometimes it's good to be the second place, you know. Second place or third place. It's good. <laughs> and I said, my God, she's coming, but she's going to see me last. But it's okay, if that's your will. So, but I didn't know the plan she had. She came and said to me, um, I would like you to come. I see a future together. But for you to be able to go, we need to do a different type of visa. And I said, yes, I agree. I'm 100% with you. We need to do a fiancé visa because it's, it's, it might be easier for you to come. So we decided to go to one of the 14 falls, one of our rivers that has a huge fall to get engaged. And she told me what to do and to say. <laughs> I'm getting engaged, but somebody has to tell me what to do and what to say. So when you go to get engaged, you, you, know, you go on one knee and then you say these words. I said, that's amazing, Katie. So you tell me the words to say and I say them back to you. Where to go? So that's what we did. 
I went to these four, and we got engaged. Because in the embassy, because it was already about two and a half years, the pictures we had couldn't be used in the embassy because they were old, and they needed some new pictures. So we took pictures, and we were excited. And then it was time for, for her to go to back. But as we drove back from the place, the pictures, the camera got stolen. Somebody stole our camera with all the fresh engagement pictures. And I knew, Lord, I knew. This, if the, I don't know if this is going to work. This is what I'm telling myself. But he has a different plan. All he says is, trust me, I got your back. Those pictures you thought, they, those are the pictures that are going to make your case? No, it is me, him. So Katie flew back, and I scheduled the interview now, like, uh, to go for the interview. And this time it was different. My uncle said, smile. Because remember to smile, remember to say your, your prayer. Smile when you go to the interview. And let God do the rest. I was sweating and over-sweating and thinking and overthinking. Anybody who overthinks in this place? Uh, let me see. Any overthinker like myself? Okay, we got overthinkers. You think, you think, you overthink. But God says, I got your back. So I went to the interview with my good suit. I went running to the window. <sighs> Smiling. My name is John. Can you and I would like to go to America. My eyes wide open. And we chatted a little bit of why I want to go. And then the guy said, you can go. And I said, amen. Amen to that. Amen, because I've tried this a couple times. But I couldn't forget. Jesus, he fell three times. I said, amen to this. And I knew God will do something with this because it is not my story, it is his story. That no matter how hard things get, he still has our back. I don't know your story. But I guarantee that you have a moment in your life where you have encountered Christ through a person or when you come to adoration and he speaks to you in your heart in a different way. And the mission that he's giving to you today, every day, is to proclaim, to say, what is God doing in your life? So I came here in 2012. See? 2012. This is my 10 years, so I'm a, new, I'm a, new, I'm a, a newbie. <laughs> I'm a new guy. 10 years ago. So we got married at St. Stanislaus in Lansdale in 2013. In 2014, God blessed us with our first boy, firstborn boy, Joseph Michael. In 2017, Caleb Matthew. And we continued the journey. Leo Alexander was born. And just recently, in 2021, Sierra Rose was born. So I have, I'm blessed to have four children. And each of these children, I see God's goodness in them and through them. So my story, when I reflect on it, all I can do is to go on my knees and thank God for the journey, for all the things that I've gone through. For the message that he has given in my heart to share with you. That when you reflect on your own story, you can say, you know what? My story, I got a story. And I can see some of you smiling here because they know they have a story. But have you thought about sharing that story with someone? Have you ever thought about 
five minutes of your day, ten minutes of your time, just sharing what God has done in your life. Because you have opened yourself, you have opened your heart, and you have said, Lord, do something in my life. And then he says, yes, my son, my daughter, I am going to do something new in your life today. I am going to bring to you someone that I want to share, that I want you to share with them about what I do in your life on a daily basis. To inspire them to live their faith fully alive. So that when they come to adoration, when they come for mass, they experience the fullness of who I am as their God. My friend, in your heart, God's desire is inscribed in there. He has given you a story that he wants you to testify, to tell others, as we read in the book of Romans. Because there are people who will not change their ways. There are people who will say, I cannot go to church until they hear your story. It doesn't have to be many people. It could be one. So I ask you tonight, How was your life before you encountered Christ in the moments that you encountered Christ? Before you encountered Christ in a more personal and deeper way? Could be like me. I had moments of fear, but he filled my heart with love. I was in darkness and he filled my life with light. I was nothing. As my grandfather would say, without Christ, we are nothing. But with him, we are filled with life. Filled with life. So think about your story for a moment. And think about the encounters you have had with him. Have you ever had a pivotal moment? What has impacted your life the most? For me, The way God walked through my, my school life and the way I met Carrie, and the way he has brought my life so far, I continue to see him. Because we are supposed to be witnesses in a continuous fashion. It doesn't just start and stop. Because he keeps on working. Because 15 years ago, 10 years ago, I couldn't see myself sharing my story with people. Sharing my story with you here. What moments stand out to you? Is there a particular person or an experience that God has used to reach you? Has there been a moment when you realized that you needed Jesus? So when you think about your life, and I encourage people to write, if you're going to use this paper, just write whatever comes to your mind. How has your life changed? And how have you become like Jesus after the given encounter? So my life has been filled with more love, deep love, joy. The attitude and the outlook for my life every day is joy. Joy. We are about to get to Christmas. No, that's right. We're in November, a couple of weeks. We're going to start Advent and then Christmas. And there's a song my boys sing even in August. Joy to the world. I'm like, it's August. <laughs> But that doesn't stop them from singing Joy to the World. Joy. Because when we are sharing what God has done in our lives, 
It is joyful. It might have its lows and highs because all stories are not the same. I was at a retreat a while ago and there was a lady who shared her story. And I thought, wow. If we are in the same stage and she shares her story, I would just sit down and cry. Because her story is moving in that way, that God wants to move people in a certain way. And my story, I don't think my story is like that. You know? So your story is supposed to move people and to inspire people differently than mine. But the same result. What is the result? Love God. Be a joyful witness. Let God be honored by people through your story. Be a joyful witness when you share the story. Where, how you have encountered Christ in your life. And the question number four I have there is what do you love about being a disciple of Christ? What do you love being a disciple of Christ? I love being a disciple of Christ personally. That I get to share my story, my journey. And you know what? Tomorrow, I get to vote for the first time in America. I get to vote. I am just telling Jesus, thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to vote for the first time. That's, I can't explain voting for the first time in America. If you told me like that 15 years ago, 10 years ago, I have said, no, it can happen. I can't go to America. Poor, poor kid. Going to bed without food, going to school without shoes. America, no. But God is good. God is good. That he has given us, each one of us, opportunities, stories to share. Well, what gets you most excited about living your faith and following Christ? You have to answer that question. What gets you most excited about living your faith? That you can go to a grocery store and somebody says, Hey, can you please pass me that can over there? I am too short to reach it. And you reach it and you say, Ah, thanks be to God for my height. <laughs> thanks be to God for my height. I'm able to give you the can. I've done that a couple times before. And people think I'm crazy. Hey, look at that crazy guy. No. God gives you a moment to transform someone's life with your testimony. Giant, a dreadness, in a traffic light. God has given you that opportunity. So He is inviting you to share your story, to think about His story in your life and share. And in the pictures that I shared with you, I have shared some of the things that you can read. I'm not going to read this for you. You can read the story of Bat Myers and how he was transformed, how Jesus transformed his life when he was blind. Maybe it's not physical blindness. Like me, it's maybe it's doubts. Overthinking. I'm still working on my overthinking, let me tell you. Um, uh, real quick. Recently, we just sold our house <laughs> uh, in Agas, okay? <laughs> so we have been thinking about moving for a while, and we decided, oh, it's the right time. It's a seller's market. Let's sell. And we prayed. We prayed uh, the intercession of St. Joseph. And the moment we prayed through uh, St. Joseph, we had a seller the following day. I mean, we had a buyer. 
So we sold our house. We closed our house. And we thought, just like the way we closed our house, super quickly, we will be able to buy a house super fast. Well, that's just our mind. Okay? <laughs> Jesus' story is different. I don't know what story he's writing right now. Because we moved out of our house in August. We are living in uh, my pop-up's house now. No, no, pop-up's. I'm so thankful that we are able to live there. Um, and we thought we were going to be there for a couple of weeks. Even today, after seeing, last, this weekend, after seeing the 46th house, we are still in the market to buy a house. For some, it takes them two, three houses. They got it. For us, 46 and counting. Jesus, what, what sort of kind of story are you telling us? Sometimes I'm not able to sleep. I'm thinking, worrying, overthinking, and saying, maybe it was a bad... No, it wasn't a bad time. He said, go sell the house. And we did exactly that. We are following his plan. Jesus, and you know this, because we have this conversation every day. We are following your plan. You didn't bring us to this point just to, do, to, to leave us here. Journey on. So... If you're in the neighborhood and you hear somebody saying, I want to sell my house. <laughs> just remember, <laughs> just say, hey, I know somebody who, would, who is on fire for Christ who would buy your house. Give them my number to call me. Right, Jesus? I know that's what you're doing right now. But we continue trusting. We continue trusting. The journey continues. My friend, I invite you. I invite you. Uh, so I'm closing here, closing my remarks. Um, okay, John 17. I invite you to pray with me. Uh, one of my favorite prayers that I, I pray every day. When Jesus knew that he was uh, about to, uh, to be arrested and put to death for us. Jesus, I love this prayer so much because this is you praying for me and praying for you. And I will read it for you. I'll pray with you um, what Jesus said. And he's praying for us right now as we speak. John chapter 17 uh, from verse 17. We're in 17 to about 22. And this is what I'm going to leave you with. Consecrate, consecrate them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I sent them into the world. And I consecrate myself for them. So that they may also be consecrated in truth. I pray not only for them, but for those who will believe in me through their word. So that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And I have given them the glory that you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. My friend, Jesus, Jesus invites you. As you share your testimony and you bring people to him, they come to believe through you that 
that's powerful. And Christ knows that for us. Christ knows that for us. So thank you once again for having me here. Um, I appreciate you. And I love each and every one of you. As I always say, that's the first mission. For me to be able to come here, first mission is you're going to love the people you're finding there. So I love you. And Jesus has allowed me to do that. And I pray that as you share your testimonies, that people will come to Jesus to love him with joy. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing me uh, to speak even when you're here. It's humbling. And I thank you so much. All right, God bless you all.